got me? Okay, so start by saying, Tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou, tātou koutoua. Nau mai, hairi mai, welcome all. It is great to see you here tonight. Um, the topic I'm going to speak on tonight, actually, Kaylin has basically stolen most of it. <laughs> Brother, that was a great testimony, man. Wow. So good, so good. But um, I, I just think it's evidence of, you know, what Pastor Boy was saying this morning. You know, God confirms. And uh, so either Kaylin and I both got it right for tonight or we both got it wrong. But you and I, brother, were on the same track for tonight. So uh, the topic tonight that I'm going to talk on is um, searching for love in all the wrong places. And uh, I'm going to share a bit from my own testimony and uh, my own upbringing. But I thought we'd start with this song that, uh, the chorus from the song anyway, that you guys might know. If you know it, then um, just join in with me, eh? Looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking for love in too many faces. Searching their eyes. Looking for traces of what I'm dreaming of. Hoping to find a friend and a lover. I bless the day I discover another heart. Looking for love. <laughs> All right, so that's just to get you in the mood. <laughs> looking for love in all the wrong places, right? You could say that looking for love is a human obsession. Everyone is looking for love. I had a look up on, um, on the uh, Google source of all wisdom and knowledge in the world. And um, I found some interesting stats that on average, people spend 6.8% of their entire lives looking for love. Okay, you say, well, that's not much, but compare that to how much time they spend exercising, which is 0.69. So people spend 10 times more of their lives looking for love than they do exercising. Of course, for some people, it's like a full-time obsession. I know that. But, you know, for the rest of us, um, we're also a bit obsessed, aren't we? I mean, just look at this. We're surrounded by everywhere we look. It's all about looking for love. You think about books and women's magazines and films and TV. I mean, oh, if I get started on the TV, look, what is going on there? Dating shows, bachelor shows, bachelorette shows, you know, it's like, and what about that married at first sight? Are you serious? It's like, I'm going to go to some psych, psychologist, they're going to tell me, you know, who I need to marry, and then, oh, surprise, surprise, it doesn't work out at the end, and it's called entertainment, you know? People are all looking for love, and if we spend so much of our time and so much resource looking for love, how come so many times it goes bad? It goes wrong, right? Why is it so often that love equals pain? Love equals disappointment. Love equals rejection. You know, I identify, brother, with your, with your testimony tonight. You know, I also was raised in a broken home and um, with a very violent father. Uh, my parents were divorced uh, when I was 14, and um, basically from the age of 15, I was pretty much living my own life, doing my own thing, and um, of course, that meant I was hanging out with a bunch of older guys, getting into trouble, um, a lot of partying on weekends, 
drinking too much, and of course, you know, going from, from girl to girl. And um, literally, as that song says, I was looking for love in all the wrong places. See, I thought I was being cool. And um, I'll just talk to the younger people for a moment, you know? I thought I was being cool. You know, I had all these girlfriends going from relationship to relationship. My friends thought it was legend to be sleeping around. But you know, it's not cool. And why is it not cool? Because every time you form a relationship and then that relationship busts up, you get your heart broken a bit more and a bit more and a bit more. And there's nothing sadder in the world then, you know, being in bed with a lady who then says, oh, it's not too late. I better give my boyfriend a ring. Let him know I'm not coming home tonight. Or the next morning, when you've been with a lady you really like, and you think, wow, maybe this has a possibility. Maybe there's some future here. And you ask her for a phone number, and she says, um, oh, let's just, you know, we had a great night. Why not just leave it there? And you can see in her eyes that you're good enough for a one-night stand, but you're not good enough to take home to mother. Every time you get yourself into this position, your heart just breaks and shatters a bit more and a bit more and a bit more. You know, I would never have admitted it to myself at the time, but the reality is I was desperately searching for love. And I hadn't found it at home, in my home environment, and I thought that going out, getting girlfriends was the way to find love. Yet each one of us are looking for love. There's a need in each one of us to be wholly, fully loved, right? For not, not for what we do, but for who we are. But the reality is that even within a long-term marriage relationship, you know, we can have a great marriage relationship. I thank God for my marriage and for Lisa and the lovely relationship that we have. But the reality is Lisa will never be able to fulfill all of my need for love because there is a God-sized hole in my heart that only the living God can fill. Only the one who is the source of all love and all creation is going to be able to fulfill. But why then is it so hard for us to touch to really experience the love of a heavenly father. If that's what we desperately need, you think, well, it's, it's, it's a piece of cake. Just reach out. It's there. We know God's got love for us. We know that he wants to shower it on. Why don't we feel that love? So I found in my life there's been two significant things that have held me back from really knowing the love of, of God, of a heavenly father. The first one is my experience of my earthly father. So I grew up, as I said, with a violent, abusive father. And um, what my father taught me was that fathers are dangerous and unpredictable. If you screw up with your father, you get a beating. Only the opinion of the father matters in the family. And if you question that, you get a beating. Fathers make choices based on what's best for them. Fathers may say they love you, but when it really counts, they don't. And fathers are here today and gone tomorrow. 
Does that resonate with anybody here? Yeah. yeah. So when we have that kind of experience of an earthly father, and then we try and engage with this idea that we have a loving heavenly father up there that's not like that, oh man, it's tough, right? How do we reconcile those two things? It's really hard to get our heads around the idea that actually, that's not who God is. That's not what true love is. That's not what a real, loving, heavenly Father is all about. The second thing that I think stops us from experiencing the, the true love of the Father is our idea of what love is. You know, we grow up, as I said, like it's all around us and all social media, everywhere, you know, it's all about love. But what is the kind of love that the world is peddling? What is the world teaching us about love? See, the first thing is the world will teach us that love is conditional and it's not perfect. That there are a whole lot of conditions attached to love. So I may love her because, wow, she's hot. Or I might love him because, hey, he's kind. Or love him because, or her because she makes me feel good. Or someone loves him because he's good to me. Conditions and conditions, conditions, conditions. But this is not a perfect love because what happens when the condition no longer applies? What happens if she's not so hot anymore? Or in the sake of guys, what happens if the six pack becomes a bit of a keg, you know? <laughs> is that the end of love? Is that the end of relationship? What happens if he's not so kind anymore? If she doesn't make me feel good anymore? If he's not good to me like he used to be? See, the world would say, if your needs are not being met, it's time to move on, get a different relationship. And you hear this all the time, right? You hear, oh, I fell in love or I've fallen out of love and that. It's because it's all based around these conditions. And when the conditions change, then the love relationship is lost. But God's love is a very different kind of love. Amen? It's not the world's love. It's not the world, not the love that we have been taught to understand. See, the first thing about God's love is it is sacrificial. You know, I used to um, sit in my office in Jerusalem and I, I would look out of my window of my office at Gethsemane where Jesus knelt and Jesus prayed and Jesus decided finally to, yes, he would go to the cross. Now, that was not an easy decision for Jesus, right? Because Jesus knew going to the cross was gonna be all about suffering. It was not gonna be easy. It would be about separation from God and I don't believe that just because Jesus was Jesus, that it was an easy decision for him to make. See, he had been in absolute close relationship with the Father that whole time. So can you imagine how excruciating it was for him at that point where his arms were outstretched and he took all of our sin upon himself and that separated him in that point in time from God. For the first time, he was alone without the presence of the Father. And that's why I believe he cried out, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? See, I believe there was only one way that Jesus 
could go to the cross. There was only one motivation that enabled him to go to the cross. And that was his love for you and me. He so loved us that he would not turn aside. He so loved us that he would endure the pain. He would endure the suffering. He would endure the separation from God Almighty to show his everlasting love for you and I. John 3.16, God so loved the world. Romans 5.8, God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God's love is a sacrificial love, and he has showed us beyond a shadow of a doubt that he loves us today forever. He sacrificed for us. It's not a conditional love. And this is the second thing, is God's love is totally unconditional and totally perfect, yeah? God's love doesn't change depending on how he's feeling. He doesn't wake up in the morning and go, oh, I don't think I'm in love. I don't love Alex anymore. I don't love, you know, oh, look what Alex did last week. Oh, man, how can I still love that guy? You know? It doesn't matter whether we get it right or wrong. God loves us. And there are no strings attached. You know, if there was any strings attached, we would have seen it I reckon in the apostle uh, Peter. You gotta love Peter, right? Like, like I just love that guy. I, I just relate so well. They're, you know, two left feet, always getting in trouble, always, you know, but somehow comes through in the end. You know, like he's my kind of guy. I, I love that about him, right? And he's like, no, Jesus, I will go all the way with you. I'm gonna die for you. You know, I will never leave it. Oh man, and look, you know, here we go, two pages later. And um, he's denying Jesus, right? And uh, he gets, you know, we read in the account of Luke that he gets to that point where on the third time he denies Christ and the rooster crows. And what is Jesus doing? So if it was you and I, we'd be pretty tempted to be going, Peter, man, you blew it, but, you know, you, you, you betrayed me. You, you're out of here. And our face would probably be turned away at that stage. What do we read? Jesus' face at that point was turned to Peter, and he looked directly to Peter. So here's Jesus, right? He's being tried for his life. All this is going on. He's fulfilling the purpose for his coming. He's got all that going through his head. And what's his number one concern? Peter. Peter, my brother, I feel for you. No conditions, no strings. He didn't abandon Peter. In fact, he said later, you know, he said, on this rock, I'm going to build my church. You know, he never doubted Peter. And that's, um, that's God's love for us, you know. 1 Corinthians 13, we know it well, right? Describes perfect love for us. And um, in uh, 1 John, we read that God is love. So the purpose of tonight, so we can try and understand the love of God better, we could actually take the word love out and put in God. And this is what it would look like, right? God is patient. God is kind. He does not envy. He does not boast. He is not proud. He does not dishonor others. He is not self-seeking. He is not easily angered. He keeps no records of wrong. God does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. God always protects always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. God never fails. Amen.
Third thing that we need to know about God's love is that His love is above and beyond all circumstance. You know, I really, to tell us this, there's not a lot that gets me really angry in a church service. Kind of not really the place to get angry, right? But, but you know, what I hate is if I ever hear someone, you know, who, who, who talks about their life and says, oh, I'm going through a rough time. I'm suffering. You know, things aren't going well. I'm struggling. I'm suffering at the moment. And to hear somebody judge them and say, oh, well, brother, you must have sin in your life, you know? You know look, I say, if, if you take nothing else away from tonight, just because you may be going through hard times at the moment does not mean God does not love you. His love is not dependent on our circumstances. In fact, the opposite. You know, there are times when God will allow us to go through suffering that Surely because he knows that it has the power to, um, to build us, to build our faith, to make us strong, to bring us, to give us hope and, and the future, right? So it's a sign of his love for us sometimes. I, mean, I know that's weird, but it's not because he doesn't love us. There is nothing, there is no circumstance that can separate us from the love of God. Yeah, Romans 8, 37, 39 says this so clear. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. You know, that doesn't leave much, right? There is nothing left out there. There is nothing that will separate you from God's love. It is a done deal. Amen. I really despair sometimes when I hear people say, oh, you know, I'll just, I'll just get my act together. I just got to sort myself out and then I'm going to come back to God, you know, and I'm going to start praying and I'll come back to church. And, you know, it's, it's exactly the wrong way around. We are the place where the broken come, you know. Let's be honest, okay. We may put on the smiles and everything else and we're nice to each other. That's good. It's all good. Yeah. But we're a group of broken people. And we're here because 